For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Christmas, my sinners. That's my best Santa impression right there. Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome, a podcast where I, your host, Shane Told, takes you into the backstage conversations that I have with other lead singers. And yes, this so this is Christmas. And what have we done? Well, we got a great episode. Travis of Piebald is here, one of my all-time favorite bands, and why this is kind of a cool thing to do on Christmas is because Piebald is back with the first music in 12 years, and what did they decide to do when they returned? They decided to make a Christmas EP. Very random, but hey, the Christmas spirit is, I'm feeling it right now with these new Piebald jams, and I am just so happy to be able to bring you this week's episode. Who knows what you're up to? I know I'm getting this up a little bit late. However, I'm sure maybe you need a little break from the family at this point. (laughs) I know that tends to happen on Christmas, but you know, it's all good. It's just, it's just a great day. Happy holidays, whatever you're into. If you're not a Christmas person, that's fine. But hey, it's uh, at least you get the day off, I imagine. So that's, uh, that's pretty nice. Before we get into my conversation with Travis, I do want to remind you guys, you can always get in touch with me. You can email me at leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read all my email, so hit me up. Also, if you're interested in helping out the podcast, the best way to do that is to join the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. It also makes a great, very last minute Christmas present if you didn't have one You can go buy one right now. Go buy a membership. They'll be stoked. It's the gift that keeps on giving for only as little as $6 a month, and that gets you tons of bonus content, 
access to an amazing community. Shout out to my sinners worldwide celebrating Christmas. And also, you get merchandise, a welcome package, stuff shipped to your house every three months. And best of all, it is what keeps this thing going. It's what keeps this thing being free week after week. So check it out. The link, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Another little reminder, my band Silverstein is celebrating 20 years, almost 20 years exactly. We started the band in January of 2000, so we're almost there, and we're doing a major, major tour all over the world. Go check it out. Tickets are on sale now. Silverstein20.com, Silverstein20.com for all your tickets and VIP needs. And I do want to say something really quick about Christmas and it's a holiday that, you know, I celebrated since I was a little kid and, you know, I've got nephews now. I'm at their place right now and they're so excited and they get up and they got all these presents and they got a PlayStation 4 and it's such a big deal. But this year, my significant other and myself, we decided instead of giving each other presents, we decided to support a family in need. So we were able to work with local charity and find a family and find a list of things that they need to get them through, not just the Christmas season, but hopefully the first part of next year. So we went to the store and we bought them a whole bunch of stuff and dropped it off. And that felt awesome. And I encourage you, wherever you are, to look into whatever local charities you might have, whatever you can do to give this holiday season, because there are people that need it. And I'm not saying you shouldn't give and receive gifts if you want to. There's nothing wrong with that. But there are a lot of people out there that do need help and would appreciate it. So just check it out. I did. I felt great about it. And I encourage you to do the same. Anyway, let's get into this week's episode and my conversation with Travis of Piebald. Thought I saw you on the road last night. What's up, Travis? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, man. Dude, thanks for doing this. Yes, of course. Thanks for having me. It's cool how this came about, you know, like just talking to Steven Brodsky just the other day and your name came up and I was like, hey, like if you got an in with uh, with uh, Travis, I would love to speak to him. And like literally like a day later, you texted me and here we are. Yeah. So that's, it's cool how yep. this stuff works out. Yep. Good old Steve Brodsky putting us in touch. Yeah, it's, you know, it's cool. It's kind of like cool for me as such a fan of that era, um, mm-hmm. just to see you guys being still so close, you know, like, like, you know, I used to read my, whatever, my, <laughs> my magazines, not really like, I don't even know how I knew about all this music, but you know, I knew that cave in and piebald and converge were like really close together. And, you know, you guys mm-hmm. are all friends and it's just cool that all these all these years later, like we're talking about over 20 years later, you guys are still like tight enough that I happen to talk to Steven and then, you know, I guess he sends you a text and you, you text me. It's just, it's kind of cool. 
Yeah, no, it's cool. We're we're very um, appreciative of that Merrimack Valley friendship that all of us had because you know it grew us into what we are today, and it's a friendship that still lasts. You know, like Nomad Stones, Adam's band from Cavan is playing one of the Christmas shows we're doing up here. So yeah. it's like we try to involve our friends and and keep those awesome relationships going. You know, I'm proud of Cavan and Converge for everything they've done. It's amazing. It is amazing. Um, and I mean, you guys too. I mean, you guys have kind of an amazing legacy, you know, which I know you guys tend to downplay. Uh, but the fact that you're coming back, you know, to your home area of new England and you're doing four sold out shows, uh, this, this week, I guess yep, this week, technically great. that's, it is this week. that's pretty one cool. That's pretty six. special. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We were lucky that we still get to play music at all. And, uh, I know that all of us really do appreciate it. You know, it does mean, it does mean the world to us absolutely so you you're uh you're living in california now no i did i live in new orleans i have for the past three years oh okay i was in california before that i lived in la for about 14 years but i three years ago right after thanksgiving i ended up in new orleans and i haven't left (laughs) how did you end up there oh every time i had been there on tour or just for traveling i just thought it was a very unique place and it was also just time for me to leave la i just felt like i had I'd finished my time there or something, you know, so Mm -hmm. I just put all my stuff in my truck or everything I could fit. I still have some things (laughs) that I left behind, but, uh, and then I just drove across the country and camped at national parks and decided I would go to new Orleans because I didn't really know anybody there. It'd be a really big challenge, but I knew I loved this city. So I've been there for three years and I don't plan on leaving. Nice. Nice. No, you're right. It is a unique place. I I forget who it was just the other day I was talking about. Uh, on the podcast talking about New Orleans, they had a, oh, it was Greg from the Menzingers, actually. They, they had a day off there and we were talking about how, you know, that's a city that I feel like doesn't get a lot of love from the band world, you know, the rock band world, because because shows don't do particularly well there. You know, it's, no, a, it's, a, it's a city that tends to get skipped uh, quite yes. often. And, you know, case in point, Greg was there on a day off, you know, but but it is a place like every time I've been, it's, it's a good, it's a, it's a good time for sure. Yeah. Definitely, uh, but but also city. like there's so much interesting history there. Yep. For sure. I mean, it's a very unique place and has been around for hundreds of years and it being a port city and, and yeah. now like, um, like a, a travel destination, it just kind of gives it a unique vibe and oh, there's beautiful old buildings there. And I don't know, it's right next to the beautiful Mississippi river. It's just, it's got a little, it's got a bit of soul. It's a wacky place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For sure it is. Are you still teaching? No, I kind of pretty much when piebald hit the road after we recorded friends, my, uh, Working with children in any capacity just stopped happening. So we started touring constantly. And even when I went back or, you know, had finished school, it was just an English degree. And I never really fully, full-fledged, completed the teaching thing. I worked in an after-school program for a little while. And those were the kids that sang on Simple Plan. Yeah. But, well, like, I only worked there for about a year, maybe a little more than a school year. And then we started recording the the piebald we are the friends we have record and we were literally on tour after that for months so it just never ended right 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 no that's that's kind of why i asked you i just remember you know that song and you you talking about you know very you know autobiographical um the song you know talking about you know yourself and the people in your band and all that um Mm -hmm. and it's funny because you know the first song on that record 
you talk kind of about like the future of like what's to come. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I guess it hasn't shook, shaken out like exactly uh, but it's not how that you far thought. Off. Oh yeah. It's not that far off. So you're a yeah, bit of a Nostradamus. Like, well, not exactly. I think I wasn't, <laughs> I mean, uh, that's not what I would say, but I would say that like, it's really not that far off. Obviously Allison playing drums for Van Halen, but <laughs> Al is still playing drums in many bands. Yeah. And John and Laura are married. They have children. Um, Andy did get sick of Newberry Comics, and he went back to school. Aaron is a little bit fatter. Okay. And, and I'm, I lie about myself, but unintentionally, because I don't teach kids. So There you go. But, well, you're but aware yeah. of everyone else except for yourself, which is kind of how we all roll in this life, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm good at that. You know, yeah. hey, I have great advice that I never take. <laughs> Funny story. Uh, I'll tell you really quick. So this is going way back. So it would have been 2005 and my band, we were recording, we were recording our record, Discovering the Waterfront, and we were recording it in Orange County. And uh, so, you know, you wake up in the morning, it's kind of getting a little bit later in the recording process. Like we've been there for a few weeks and I didn't have any laundry. So uh, <laughs> don't worry, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. And I didn't have any laundry. So, you know, pick out, a couple things and my last, you know, remaining marginally clean shirt was a piebald shirt that I had. Mm-hmm. And I had a piebald hoodie that I wore pretty much every day. It was the one that had like the bones down the arms. Oh yeah. I, I like wore the shit one. I wore the shit out of that hoodie. So mm-hmm. so I uh, you know I wore that hoodie all the time and then I had the piebald shirt, which was kind of clean because I didn't want to wear the piebald shirt and the piebald hoodie at the same time. Yeah, I felt like yeah. that was like, you know, in Wayne's world when Garth's wearing all the Reebok stuff and he's like, we'll yeah. never bow down to any sponsor. I didn't yeah. want to be that guy. So anyway, right. I had no choice. Go to the studio and, you know, have a studio day or whatever and uh, kept my hoodie, you know, all the way up. So people didn't know I was like a super fan of piebald. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so after the, the studio day, someone's like, Oh, Hey, uh, so uh, Armor for Sleep is playing at Chain Reaction with uh, this band, Say Anything, who are like a cool new band. I really like them. We should go. We should go after the studio day. So we go to Chain Reaction and we're there and we know the guys from Armor for Sleep and we're hanging out backstage and it's Chain Reaction. So it's fucking hot. So I yeah. can't really keep the hoodie done up all the way. So I have the hoodie down, you know, a little bit so you can kind of see, not maybe not make it out, but if you're in piebald, you probably would know it's a piebald shirt. Right. So I'm standing backstage, and all I hear is, hey, man, nice shirts. <laughs> and I look up, and it's Aaron from Piebald yep. and yourself, and you're standing there. Uh, do you remember this? No. You don't remember the show? I don't. So, yeah, you guys no. are just standing there, like, backstage at, well, that's, I mean, you know, Chain reaction is not really backstage. It's like kind of the no, side room. Side area. Yeah. 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 So I was standing back there and I look up and I'm like, what are the fucking chances that the one right. day I happen to double up on Piebald, I run into two of the right. members on the opposite yeah. coast. Right. Yeah. It's right? kind of weird. And then I, and I was like, I was embarrassed or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, I like really like your band. And I shook his hand and he was like, I'm like, uh, I'm Shane. He goes, I'm Stuart. And I go, I go, no, you're not. You're fucking Aaron. What? Like, I, and I thought he was for years. I thought he was like being a dick until yeah, no, like I realized later on that, I guess, is that his last name? 
Yeah, and we call him Stuart all the yeah, time. Yeah, you call He's him like Stuart. Stuart to me. I call him Aaron or Stuart, but more often I call him Stuart. Right, but I was like, I was like, oh, this guy's like, give me a wrong name, like a like a dick, you know? And I was like, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's so that's that's uh that's the story. That's my my piebald story. There you go. There you go. Next time, now you learn to do your laundry. You just need a laundry day in there. Oh, and you know what? I haven't doubled up since on anything. You there know? you go. I, so you, that was a learning experience. Unless it's like a you know, a tactic. If you want to meet your favorite band, just make yeah, sure maybe. you wear at least two pieces of their merchandise and they might just show up out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. Yep. All of a sudden the, <laughs> the, uh, two pieces of merch from the same band place will show up and you get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, actually. So, um, you guys are back, um, you know, doing these holiday shows, but you're also doing some shows next year with dashboard confessional, which is yeah, in fucking awesome. That is super yep. cool. I love that that Chris is having you guys out. Mm-hmm. It's really pretty amazing. We are flattered for sure. Yeah. Um, how did that come about? Is, is it just old I'm, friends kind of just, yeah, I mean, we know Chris, we played shows with dashboard before I am guessing. And I don't know until I see him because I want to ask why he chose us. But I think <laughs> I'm guessing it was just a, Oh, I like this band. Um, I, I have a, I bet Chris was like, I, there's a few bands that I wish could open, you know, and he probably is like, okay, Piebald's one of them. I'm going to reach out to their booking agent. Cause that's how we heard about it. Matt Galley at Paradigm yeah. reached out to us. and was like, Hey, Dashboard wants you to go on tour with them. You guys can, you guys want to do it? And we were like, yeah, I mean, well, f- yeah, let's go. These are going to be bigger shows than we probably ever played in our entire lives. And we're kind of a band and kind of not even a band anymore. So it's really nice that we still have these cool opportunities and, but my guess is that Chris just probably had a list of a couple bands and we just happened to be lucky enough to be on it. And so, yeah, well, you must have been, us, I'm, sure, yes. I'm sure you were at the top of the list because not a lot of people are going to say no to that. Yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, <laughs> how many people is he going to, he's going to not really throw that out to tons of people because then what if they all say yes? So who, yeah. who doesn't say no? So he was probably like, okay, here's my three bands. Let's put them in order. And then I don't know where we were on that list. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he just wanted us the whole time. I don't know. I, I but, bet he did. But, but I mean, either way, it's yeah. still cool. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it tough, like, kind of rallying the troops, like getting everyone together on the same page to like drop yes. everything in your lives? Like at this yes. point, you know, you guys are not a full time band. It's must be difficult. It is very difficult. I mean, I mean, once we're in the same place and the, the you know the train starts moving, so to speak, it, it gets easier. You know, like we're going to practice after this for the shows, and now that we're all in the same place, I'm not as worried about like, oh man, okay, I got to get back to Massachusetts. I hope we're good. We have to practice. We have to build more stuff for the set. But now here, I'm like, okay, we're all here. We're on the same place. We're four capable dudes. Let's do this. So there is. It is a little bit harder to get together just because we're adults and everybody has yeah. families except yeah. for me and like, you know, jobs and stuff. And you can't just take off a month. You have to work at a special place that allows you to do that. That yeah. is not something everybody has in their lives. And so, I mean, that's part of our luckiness. Like I work at a bar and I, the people that I work with, they love me. So it's like I get my shifts <laughs> covered and I go hit the road and nobody really minds. It's a, yeah. like it all works out. You know, I bet if I did it for an extended period of time, they'd be like, well, come on, man. We need like, we need you to work here. And I'd be like, well, I guess I'm leaving then. But that being said, I think we're all in a position where our jobs realize 
that we are good enough. And maybe it's like a special thing that like here are these four dudes that are in this band that is, you know, respected and liked. And then, and then all of us just have regular guy jobs in these places, you know? Yeah. So we are lucky that we can do it, but yeah, sometimes it is kind of hard. It's kind of difficult to get everybody in the same place at the same time. Scheduling, you know, but it seems to work out. So somehow we make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have new music out and, Mm -hmm. uh, in typical piebald, sort of nonsensical tradition it's uh it's kind of weird that your first music back after 12 years is a christmas ep it's very weird that 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 yeah. we did that yeah um is it 12 years you, you guys haven't done anything since like since the last accidental gentleman yeah. which came out in 2007 yeah. um yeah we haven't done anything i think though what it was and i've told other people this i think that making christmas songs uh, seemed, at least to me, uh, less wrought with pressure than writing pile oh, yeah. songs. If that makes sense, of course it we, makes sense. I think it was a way for us to jump back into making songs. And now that being said, and maybe your follow up question is, do you anticipate more new music? And I'm now going to say yes. And I never would have said that before because I didn't oh, really good. think it was the case. But I would think at this point that we will, I don't know. How? I don't know if we're going to make an album. I don't know if what kind of form it's going to take. I don't really know what it's going to sound like, but I do know that I think the Christmas EP helped to sort of like open the door for us to make music again and then feel confident about it, you know? Well, it's it's a really great EP too. Um, it's got kind of everything I wanted from you guys, you know? Um, and, and waiting this long, you never really know what to expect. Yes. You know, as, yep. as a, a fan or avid fan of your band and and everything. So it, it surprisingly, like if, if somebody just told me, uh, like in 2007, Hey, the next release Pieball is going to put out, is it going to be a Christmas EP in 12 years? I'd be <laughs> like, what the fuck? And, and I'm kind of not mad about it. Yeah. Well, good. I, I mean, I hope a lot of people are enjoying it. It seems like I, I'm <clears throat> really happy about the things I've heard from people so far. So I feel like, we're on we're on to something again <laughs> maybe yeah but no matter what it was really awesome that we got to make three more songs and work with our buddy doug and it kind of pulled us out of musical making retirement right you know and it like got our sea legs back on us and now i think like i'm re- i'm like fired up i want us to you know make some new music well that's cool my, my question <clears throat> my follow-up question wasn't about new music but i guess it sort of is <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna get there. Uh, have you been writing for the last twelve years? Have you been, you know, mm-hmm. putting out putting out records under other other projects or or writing for yeah, other I people was, or or what have you been doing musically? I haven't really been writing for other people, but I was in a band called The Past Haunts for quite a while, probably about eight or nine years in L.A. with my friends Ben and Heather. We mm-hmm. put out an album and a few EPs. I mean, that was really fun. That was a very fun project. I enjoyed it. We toured a few times. Not very much and was never as even close to as well known as you know piebald but um it was still a very fun thing to do and i love both of them dearly um but then other than that really the only musical stuff has been you know piebald intermittently but not really writing for it obviously until just recently but then also that downright website that bob nana yeah uh, bob and and mark Mark yeah 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 absolutely so like I have, in fact, I just completed another downright song kind of before I left. So that's been uh, a way 
to keep writing songs, you know, because you get hired by someone to write a like, song about either their girlfriend or their bunny, yep. which I did one of those and it was fun. But um, yeah, so I think, you know, I haven't been playing as much music. And I was talking to Andy as we were driving out here yesterday about how, I mean, we when we were living together, we just were so prolific. We just kept writing. I think we probably tossed aside so many songs that we just, you know, we were, but now I realize it's a different time. We're different people. We're older. I think there's probably, I hate to say this, but a little bit less inspiration because you just, when you're mm-hmm. like 25, you're just full of youthful energy and piss and vinegar, you know, and now it's like, hey, we're a little more relaxed and lazy and, and whatever. But, um, but yeah, they're, they're, uh, we're still, still making stuff here and there at least, you know, so it's good. Yeah. Creation's no. still flowing. No, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Piebald was fairly prolific you know uh you know like like i remember uh venetian blinds that's that's like got a shitload of songs on it um mm-hmm. you know uh, I, I, and then of course there was the totally travis project that you put out yeah, yeah uh, i did that too forgot you, about that one kind of <laughs> yeah i, I, mean, I, I think a lot of people it, don't, don't know about, about it, it. Um, yeah, yeah it kind of came out of nowhere that, that i was i always thought I, if i have if i ever have travis on the podcast. I'm going to ask him about Totally Travis because I, I was a pretty big fan of that record, and I felt like <laughs> no fun. one even ever heard it. Like I felt like it was yeah. my little secret piebald record, you know. Mm-hmm. There were like I would have, I have had a few people over the years who were like, you know, I know that they're piebald fans or friends of ours, and every once in a while someone will be like, "Your Totally Travis record was really good." And I'm like, "Thank you." I know that's not really why anybody knows me but i appreciate that there are a few people out there that i think really like that record and it's i'll take it <laughs> yeah well if for people wondering it is on spotify totally travis it's there uh no one seems to know about it It has 11 monthly uh listeners so wow make it 12 because right. i listened to it today so all there, right there you go uh so yeah okay well you guys are are you know, planning on doing stuff, maybe, uh, actually, no, you said yes. So you are planning on making new music, but with, I assume most of the guys still live in Massachusetts. Everybody's in in New England. Yeah. So it's just, yep. I was just going to tell you where they live, but it doesn't really matter. It's all New England. No, I mean, I mean, I'm just thinking about logistically, you know, obviously you can do some writing on your own and these days, like it's easy enough to send shit back and forth. Or mm-hmm. get on, like, even get on FaceTime or Skype or whatever and hammer out some stuff. But I feel like, t- at least to make a record, you're going to have to go there or you guys are going to have yep. to get together. That's, you know, that's another big, you know, that's this, kind of the same as doing a tour. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. that's, I mean, that's going to be a, maybe another hurdle to get over. Yeah, it is. It's not as easy to schedule stuff. However, I mean, we have been like, okay, for the Christmas songs, like Rage with My Friends was something that I'd come up with a few weeks before that because it was kind of Luke's idea. He's like, let's try to write a Christmas song or cover some and record them. And I was like, okay, let's try to do that. So I started and he's like, he had the concept of like, all we want for Christmas is Rage with Our Friends. I was like, I'm going to run with that. I'm running with it. <laughs> like, that is the vibe. And so that sparked that song. Aaron cool. had the Rebellion of Winter song from earlier when we've been sending each other demos and stuff, it was like a thing he'd had. And then the other one was something I wrote really kind of quickly and not Do knowing how stuff? it would turn out. And it's one of my favorite. Yeah. That oh, it's one, my like, favorite for sure. Yeah. It's so it's like fun and heavy and kind of weird for us, but um, <laughs> the, the riffs are fun. It's fun to play. So like, 
kind of we all have been doing like the sending back and forth demo ideas or yeah. like Luke even will send us a drum beat sometimes. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with this, dude? But at least we're all like trying to yeah. put forth effort to, you know, keep the creation ball rolling. So <laughs> I love that. <laughs> send me a drum beat. That's funny. Yeah. But sometimes that does help like creatively right. because sometimes you're just kind of like in your own rhythmic funk where you're like, ah, I just need something to trigger something so if you ha- at least have a rhythm yep. it's like okay i can you know play something to this and you know right. then add a vocal and yeah it makes it kind of works yep yeah do good stuff man yeah i love the metal influence in that one a little bit it was uh yeah, yeah it was it was super fun and, and you guys yeah, you, you guys even made a video yeah we we made well it's one of those like lyric videos I mean, we didn't really. But not make really. It. I, I mean, not really. There's like a, a bunch of footage of you guys in That's, there. Yeah. Well, apparently, there's a company that does it because we didn't. We didn't make it. We like we saw it and okayed it, and we're like, "This is cool." But we didn't really do much aside from supply material. Really. And then the company just sent us back the wild thing that you see on. The wow. Internet. Yeah. That's yeah. I, that's cool. I mean, that's yep. actually really nuts because it looked. I was actually impressed. I was like, wow, this is like really well put together for a band that isn't a full-time band to, to do this. Yeah. We knew we needed to have some like, uh, physical. Yeah. Visual. visual, Yeah. yeah. So that way on you, you can find it on YouTube. If that's how you listen to music or find out about things, you can, you know, it can kind of be everywhere. If there's, if there's a screen or if there are speakers, you got ways to, to, to see it. Yeah. Do you guys have a manager uh, at this point? We don't have a manager. We have a booking agent, Matt Galley, but yeah. we've kind of self-managed and that is the uh, that is a blessing and a curse, I'll tell you what. Totally. Well, the reason I ask <laughs> you is because, you know, things have changed so much. I mean, things have changed just in the last two years, let alone the last 12 years, mm-hmm. you know, since you guys called it quits. Um, is it difficult now getting back on the saddle and trying to navigate what the fuck you're supposed to do in terms of yeah, the definitely. business side of things? Definitely. Like, I don't really know the ins and outs of how to best use the internet as a platform to spread your band's music. That's just not something we, that's not why we started the band to right. get online and right. try to get followers. Like <laughs> we wanted to play music. So that's what we did. And before historically, that's all you had to do and get in a van and go on tour and start playing shows. And at first you're going to suck and then you get better and then you get a little better and then you're good and then it's fun. But we didn't have to worry about the internet or likes or plays. It was a lot more organic feeling then, but also it's just the way things change and, and information changes and how people listen to music changes. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> guys probably continue to do it. Yeah. Well, you guys hung on to pieball.com after all these years. That's pretty cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Head over to pieball.com, everybody. Yeah. I know you, yeah. you figure like at this point you'd come back with a, website it would be like pieball 2019 or you know pieball band or you know what i mean like it's it's mm-hmm. cool that you guys managed to get that url obviously back when it was primitive and uh yeah. here we are all these years later someone paid for it you know for these yep. 12 years yeah we have i mean via our buddy isaac he's really helped us get some of those things in order like I don't know how to get domains and stuff. You know, it's just not my thing. <laughs> it's not Aaron's thing either. It's hardly Andy's, and Luke does it because it's work, but not like. But Isaac's Isaac. He's the guy that runs Project Merch. It's like a merch company. He helped right. with a lot of the piebald merchandise the past few years. But anyway, he's really good at navigating that stuff. 
Cool. Cool. So I want to go back a little bit and talk about some of the early days of the band, just because it's fun to talk about. Um, the Boston, you know, scene was so crazy, you know, and I, I was talking to Steven about it a little bit, you know, how he was in high school and he was in Converge and they were picking him up from high school in your van. He mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, which I assume is the yellow van that you talked about. Yep, yep um, Melvin. <laughs> okay. And, you know, what was it like back then for you being a part of this scene, which I'm sure at the time you didn't think was that special, maybe? Or maybe you knew it was special. Uh, what, what was that like? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, I went to high school with Kurt and Jake from Converge, and Aaron went to the same high school as well. And he went to a, a private um private catholic school and luke was in connecticut at the time but our first drummer also went to Andover high so it was basically like kurt was a couple years older and he just he'd be like hey i'm starting a side project Do you want to play bass or you want to you know and like that dude is prolific you want to talk about right. prolific right. that's a man who is prolific at any rate he'd have converge going kind of full force and then he'd have like grab me or Aaron or, or somebody else and like start another side project. That's how things like 7% solution and the Huguenots and like, you know, so we had this guy, Kurt, who was sort of like a mentor, mentor and he like t- take us under his wing and he'd introduce us to new music and he'd teach us about weird time signatures. And then, <laughs> and then you start playing music with him. You'd be like, I need a bass player for this new thing. I'm going to start. And I'm like, yes, yeah, let's do that. And so I think he really, Kurt, to me personally really had a big early influence on me. And I, I mean, I remember some very special nineties moments of going to converge shows or, you know, we, we played the first cave in show. Pieball played the first cave in show ever. Yeah. You know, like it's just these things that I won't ever forget. It might be a little hazier, might be a little more blurry these days, but like, that was a very special time and a special, you know, way to get into hardcore and punk rock. Um, and, and, you know, it really, I think it just, for all of us, it just blew our creative lids off because we had this guy, Kurt, who was doing this cool stuff and we respected it. And then, and then he was dragging us into it. It was awesome. Yeah. So. No, it was, it yeah. was crazy just to hear, you know, you, you guys were obviously, if you talk about, you know, I, I always thought of the big four of Boston, which was cave in, uh, you guys converge and maybe America, American nightmare. I always thought mm-hmm. of them being, you guys being kind of the, the big, the big four. Like if you think about the big four and thrash metal, mm-hmm. like Metallica, yeah. you know, but you guys were definitely the not the, the odd man out, you know, yeah. I mean, you I guys mean, would play shows. A similar place, but I think right. well, then we, we just kind of got a little more melodic or maybe a lot more, but still, <laughs> That's probably the change, the biggest change. No, no, absolutely. Well, one one thing about you, you know, you guys too in the early days was, you know, your vocals, and this is the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast. Your vocals were quite rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you talk? Were you doing like basically one take of these vocals? Probably because it I was mean, like. I remember, were you making these these? Obviously, you're making these albums and recordings in like very very short amount of time, right? Yeah, it'd be, you know, a blast. Like, you know, yeah, it, I mean, I wouldn't say one take, but it wasn't many. And I also didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. You know, like it was, uh, we're kids, you know, this is just, we're just figuring it out. So I think, what, you do two takes? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it was, you know, those, those 
like early things just got us to where we got to later, which I think was just a much more grown up, evolved, fun band. You yeah. Know? No, but you had to, we had yeah. to have the early stages, you know? Totally. Had to start somewhere. Totally. My, one of my favorite memories is, is I remember we, we made a bunch of shitty kind of demos and I'm talking about like when I was a kid, like when I was like 12, you know, like I just, mm-hmm. just put it, put a band together and we're recording with just this guy, you know, local guy. And so he, he probably didn't really give a shit. We're just kids. So I'd go mm-hmm. in and I'd sing the the entire song. And then, you know, like, as you said, you play a little more, you get a little bit better. And then yeah. we, we recorded with like the guy that I think it was the guy that recorded that band grade. So we we're like, okay. oh shit, he made their grade records. Like this, this is gonna be this is gonna be awesome. We're gonna record with him, and it's in downtown Toronto and all this. So we go in, uh, and you know, so we're I'm singing the song. We've already recorded everything, and he's like, yeah, yeah. So um, just uh, sing along. I'll I'll punch you in, and I'm like I'm like you'll what? Yeah, he's, like, he's like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just punch you in. <laughs> and we like, I, you know, we're still recording to tape at this point. Yep. And it's like I was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean punch, punch me in? Punch me in. And once I figured out what that meant, which is for people that don't know what that is, you know, you're basically inserting like a little snippet into the middle of a section. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, this is like cheating. Yep. And yeah. now with auto tune and all the other shit people are doing, um, you know, all the, you don't vocal, even know what's real. You don't, No, I mean, nothing is real essentially. Yeah. Or like, it's can all you even cheating. play an instrument? Like, could you play that song from start to finish? Like you, Mr. Musician guy. And sometimes I think, no, they probably couldn't. Like if you had just, you give a modern musician just like not, not a computer and gave them a real instrument. Do they have a song actually? You know? Yeah. I mean, I know. Sometimes I'm unsure. Sometimes I don't feel like there is actually song under there. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. It's yeah. It's, it's really nuts too with, with how people are writing and creating music now too, where it, it's funny when you, ask a band like oh uh why didn't you guys play like that song tonight and they're like oh we don't know how to play that song we've literally never played that song before mm-hmm. and it's like what do you mean you've never played it before like it's it's hard for regular yeah. pe- non-musician people to wrap your head around how a band that recorded a song doesn't know how to play the song or has never played the song yeah. together yeah you know yeah that's kind of weird to me i mean there are songs that we've recorded and then really never played after that yeah yeah <laughs> but you knew but how to play them we, at some point yes absolutely <laughs> yes we knew how to play all of our songs at some point <laughs> <laughs> uh, um uh, another story if you'll um if you'll have me you guys mm-hmm. came and you played in my in my hometown of oakville ontario uh fuck a uh, I'm not sure what year it was. I want to say it was probably like 2001 or 2002. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was a local show. I think you guys, actually, I know that you guys were um, were on tour with Newfound Glory at the time because I'd, I saw you guys play, um, it was in Buffalo, I guess. And you guys came up and you played a show at the Oakville Pine Room. And it was with Small Brown Bike and Monine mm-hmm. and my band Silverstein. Yep. We, we opened up and we played first. Um, now, do you remember the show? Uh, was it the one? I'm not. Maybe I remember playing with Monine, and I remember playing with Small Brown Bike, and I remember the one time Monine set off fireworks. Yes, this is the, is show. the show. This is the yeah, show. We were like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah, because it was in like a gym, and then it just got really smoky, and the cops came. Yep. And then I remember we played after, and the ground was all wet, and like we were just slipping around and stuff. No, I mean, I just remember being really mis- messy. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's a good word for it. That's a good word for it. No, like, you know, we had we had some pretty good shows, you know, come through for the time. You know, we Eric Hoyback was the name of the, the promoter, good buddy of mine. And he would get, you know, some like pretty cool hardcore bands and punk bands and stuff. And but, you know, getting you guys to come play was was really special because everybody loved you guys so much. And Small Brown Bike was was amazing, too. So everyone's excited for the show. And Monine's this up and coming band. And the reason that Silverstein that we got to play was because I let Eric Hoyback, the promoter, borrow my PA uh, for the show. So that's how we got on. Um, I don't know how my PA was good enough for those shows anyways. It was like just the shittiest vocal PA with just two speakers. I didn't even even have stands for the speakers. It was like we just put it on chairs or whatever. So so shitty. But um, yeah, so, you know, everyone was really excited for the show. And yeah, and and Monin pretty much has was after that was, I don't want to say universally hated because they weren't. But no. it was a real dumb move on their part, and they pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I remember ruined, we were really upset about it. Yeah, well, they ruined like, they ruined a really good thing in the venue. You know, like they we weren't able to do shows there after that. Um, but what was crazy was like, so they put yeah they put fireworks on their guitars, which I guess they thought was going to be cool. The whole place filled with smoke. The yep. fire alarms went off, so the yep. the fire department like automatically showed up. Yep. Fire inspector comes in. There's like. 400 people in this room, uh, like way yeah, remember, over capacity. I mean, I, yeah. I remember everybody had to go outside. Yes. Everyone had was to like, go- great. The show's over. Yeah. And, and then it wasn't, it wasn't over was super wet. Yeah. It was like, yeah, because the sprinklers went off. Yeah. I just remember being like, this is not ideal. And I bet, I bet some people left, you know, I don't remember oh, a the lot crowd of, being oh, yeah, as yeah. big. Like, no. but well, that was a very, that's a very visceral memory show too. Cause I remember that. Like yeah. I remember that show. I remember a few details, but like that one's kind of pretty clear in my in my hazy memory bank. No, I, I, mean, I always always <clears throat> wanted to ask you about it because that's something that we talked about for fucking years. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just the fact that what was so amazing about it was, yeah, we were way over capacity. We probably didn't have any of the permits we were supposed to have, you know, or Eric mm-hmm. was supposed to have or whatever. The sprinklers literally went off. Everyone had to go outside. There's all these kids hanging around. The fire inspector comes and goes, yeah, sure, whatever, have fun. And then the show continued. But I remember, yeah, yeah, you guys, Small Brown Bike and you guys only played, like you were only able to play for like a half an hour or something. But yeah, so many people left because everyone's like, oh, there's no way this show's like. Yeah, this show's not happening. Yeah. No. But but it did happen. I do remember that. It did happen. And I've been meaning to have Kenny from Monin on the podcast too to talk to him. Uh, and th- that would definitely come up because they were so like, they apologized profusely to like everyone for years. Like it still gets brought up about yeah, Monine I mean, ru- ruining the, the 905 local, um, you know, Toronto scene. It's, <laughs> it's super what a funny. legacy. So I, I mean, <laughs> well, uh, that's I, not I, all they have though. <laughs> I just, I, I just mean, that night they let, they left a legacy. They, they, they left a story to tell the for years to come they yes they certainly they certainly did um and i love monine just so everybody knows uh i'm glad you remember that i'm really glad you remember that yep so i want to talk a little bit before i let you go thank you so much for doing this by the way man of Um, course you're welcome but i do want to ask you a little bit about some of piebald's music and the style uh one thing i always loved about your band so much was the technical aspects and you sort of alluded to the fact that kurt balu from converge 
showed you the ropes a little bit, but I always love that you guys were not afraid to, you know, throw in odd time signatures, um, you know, do quite a lot of technical guitar work, but still put that in the framework of pretty well crafted, you know, pop punk or I mean, I guess at the time pop punk meant a different thing, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, songs. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I I think that is directly related to Kurt taking us under his wing at an early age. I don't really, I don't think we're intentionally thinking like, oh, this thing's in seven. I think that because of him showing us cool music and, and him doing things like that, I think it just instilled it in us. And I mean, I'm always more intrigued when a song is like, oh, that's in, that's weird. That's in seven. That's creative. Like that, that you took a chance, you know, you yeah. like went on a limb. You, you tried something different. Seven songs can seven the count can sound really weird. What, what a great challenge to try and make it sound like smooth, you know, or like have a figure out a, a weird chord structure that kind of defies what you think your hands can do. And you might not even know what it is, but yeah. at least try to challenge yourself. And and I think Kurt Kiderman instilled a lot of that into us early on, and then it, we just grew it as we grew and got better at playing over time. And I think all those things sort of then culminated in, you know, albums like friends, you know, so the, yeah. yeah. Well, well that record, I mean the first, literally the opening riff is like five, four, right? Yeah. Like you've literally the opening riff, but what was, what I always liked about it was that it, you know, you say, you were talking about it like, oh, it's creative. We took a chance, but it never felt like that because there was always bands when it's like, okay, yeah, this is cool. Like this isn't like Soundgarden to me was always like the band that always used weird time signatures and they, yeah, they did a it, good job at it. Pretty, always. They pretty, did a good job. Know? It was always like, yeah. that was better. Like, okay. Like spoon man, that riff is in seven, four or whatever. Like that riff, if it wasn't seven, four, it wouldn't be cool. Like it had to be that to be that. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, it was like necessary. It was it was a necessary right. choice, and that's, and that's the page like that you you take too because so many bands I feel like all right yeah that's a cool riff I'm but I'm, I'm bobbing my head and then all of a sudden I'm on the offbeat and like hey you know maybe it would just be cooler if it was just four four like I know you know what I mean like when bands are like right. oh well, this is in seven it's I, like well it's not better but you guys right. actually made your shit better which I really respected. Well, we we try to the point. I, I I still try to do this. I'm like I love weird timings, but I also know that when they feel very unnatural, it's not really cool. It's like you can have a little bit of that, but like I wouldn't want a song that's like just just because you can play in seven doesn't mean do it. But, <laughs> I know, I know, but, exactly. But if it's but if it fits the the part or fits the song or fits the vibe, yes, roll with it and roll hard. You know? Yeah. So, but weird time signatures are cool. Did you ever, did you ever record with Kurt? <laughs> yeah, we did some demos for Venetian Blinds. We all lived in a house in Austin after high school together. He lived there. Aaron and I lived there. John, Andy, a few other people. Um, and he had a little studio in the basement. And so we recorded demos for Venetian Blinds with him. And it was like half the songs we did like Grace Kelly, Kitty like a yeah. scroll, schoolgirl, locations, everything, Karma, I want to say. And then there's like one or two other ones. But then we ended up recording it with Dean Baltalunas um, somewhere else. But we did demos with Kurt and we never really recorded anything with him. Yeah, but I'm surprised. Even the last, yeah, I am too, actually, after all this time. Like, but 
I'm hoping that at some point in the future when Piebald records again, maybe we could do that's when we try to work with Kurt. We have well, our buddy Doug yeah. who does stuff with us now and he is awesome. But I've just always wanted us to record with Kurt at some point, you know? Yeah. Well that's kind of what I'm alluding to. Like uh I would love to see that happen. You know, if you guys are and you are, because you said yes, so you have to do it now. Uh, you know, if you guys are going to record some stuff, I think that would be really awesome. And maybe it would take Kurt a little bit out of his, you know, comfort zone too, with some of the stuff that he's doing. I just think of him as being such a heavy, Uh heavy producer. You know what I mean? So it could be a really cool thing, especially you guys all know where you came from, you know, and your influences and stuff from, from back in the day. I think, I think you should do it. Yeah, I mean, we had, we kicked it around before um, about trying to record with him, but then we just ended up doing stuff with Doug, but I hope at some point in the future when we have, I don't know, a handful of songs that feel right or whatever, we do try to record with Kirk, because I just think it would be historically pleasing, and I think it would be nice to do it, because all his records sound so great. They're not, like you said, they're not exactly like piebald style, but I feel like, I mean... That's like our vibe, though. It was like hard-hitting rock songs, and I think Kurt knows how to make that happen. So yeah. Plus, you guys are grant in the locked-in grandfather rate with the that rate before. I'm sure, right? I don't know. So he'll charge. Yeah, he'll probably charge you what he charged you guys in 1998. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? I think. Guys, I, mean, I think you guys are good. I'll call him and ask him about that. Yep. 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 Fifty, 50 bucks a song right sounds great. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about the song American Hearts because it's been, you know, it's your biggest hit. It's a song that's mm-hmm. really stood the test of time. Um, emo nights all over the country are playing it every week. Uh, what? Where did that song kind of come from? Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to do like a song exploder if you're not if you're familiar with that with that podcast, but like a maybe a mini one uh, about that song a little bit because it's. You know, it's it's when people think of Piebald, they go, "Oh, hey, you're part of it." You know, that's mm-hmm. that's the the song that will forever be associated with with uh, with you. Yeah. Well, I'd say that was, you know, that song I think is about my run in with a homeless man in North Carolina, and that's kind of oh, okay. What happened? You know, I just and I think I kind of mixed together a few stories of that happening, like just being in a weird place and being like, "Oh man." There's a lot of people that really have nothing and it's too bad that their country doesn't help them, you know, or like, right. here's this guy walking down the street and he absolutely has nothing. Why? How is that? Po- how is that happening? You know? So that's about the, you know, inequality of the world and how, <clears throat> you know, people can call you out on it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's amazing how, however many years later, 20 years, almost later, uh, it's still relevant. Um, Seems even more not, relevant. Exactly, almost. if not more relevant, I was just going to say. When you wrote that song, did you know it was going to be? Were you like really stoked about it? Were you like, "Oh shit, this is this is the song"? You know, no, I didn't. And and we also put on the Rock Revolution first. And yeah. I just thought it was another Piebald song, you know. And then yeah. everybody's like, "Oh, you got to re-record that when you do a new album. You got to do that one again." And so we did. We recorded with Paul Coldry too, and it was a vast, vast difference. I think we sped it up a little bit. It sounds better. Um, but then I think at that time, we were just kind of, we had the feeling, we were like, wow, all these are good songs. I don't know, I don't know really which one, like, I didn't know American Hearts would be the, the lasting tune, you know? Because yeah. I, I look at that those 12 songs and I'm like, you could have told me anyone would have sparked people's interest. And I would have been like, okay, because 
that's a pretty proud musical moment that album you yeah know? so I, I agree so like they were all beautiful children of ours and <laughs> any of them that sparked people's interests yeah i would have been like okay valid cool did you ever hear about that band called my american heart that took uh yes. their name from your your song did. what did you think about that uh, it's kind of weird, but I mean, it's not, it's not that weird. Uh, we, there's a lot of people that do musical things in ode to other musical things, you know? So yeah. <sighs> I think pa- panic of the disco, uh, was, a uh, fuck, uh, was a fuck. And now I'm forgetting the band. Um, fuck. And one of those bands from God, my memory, uh, one of those bands from like Jade tree, they, they took their, uh, their name from, from a song from one of those. It'll come to me. Huh. Uh, you know, so it's funny how that happens, and then yeah, and now they're bigger than anything that about Jade Tree, you know? Like, uh, uh, oh yeah, oh like it's not even close. Yeah, yeah, it's um, so interesting though, they, right? They took it from the small thing that probably inspired them, and now they're way bigger than that whole thing is. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, look at uh Fall Out Boy using American Nightmare lyrics. Uh, you know, that happened too. And no one, yeah. re- no one seemed to know that, uh, I was like listening to fall boy. I'm like, is that not American nightmare words? And, Lyrics? Yeah. Yeah. And they were, and all well, that was a thing, but, uh, yeah. So it's, it is really funny how that all happens. Mm-hmm. Anyway, man, Strange. dude, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I think we pretty much covered it, but anything else to, to tell the people before I let you go? Um, not that I can think of, just thanks for having me and thank you people for listening. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, so I, I mean, this is Christmas time. I think I, I'm going to try to get this one out before Christmas. If I don't make it, then Mm -hmm. it's possible that, uh, this might really annoy people, but I'd, I'd love to play one of your Christmas songs to end this episode. Yeah, do it. Which one are you uh, thinking I should play? Um, I think you should probably play Rage with Rage with my friends. Rage with my friends. I, mean, I, I that's that's the one. That's the that's a feel good hit of the winter. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, Travis, dude, thank you so much for doing this. Here is from a musical Christmas adventure. Piebald presents. All I want to do is rage with my friends on lead singer syndrome. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. It's Christmas time. Still bloated from Thanksgiving, and time is quick. So I want to hang with the living It's Christmas time I don't care if it's a white one If my friends are there This Christmas will be the right one All I want for Christmas is to rage with my friends All I want for Christmas is to rage with my friends
not so much a gift as it is a gathering. I want to get all my friends together, same time, same place. We got it from there. Oh, take it easy on Stewart this year. Thank you, Santa. I believe. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Looks like I got a letter here from a boy named Travis who wants to rage with his friends. You know, Travis, we can do that with the majestical majesty of song. And they'll be here during the next chorus. Until then, enjoy some of these tasty licks to take you to the bridge. Oh, ho, 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 ho. So there is holiday music from Piebald, and I love it so much. Uh, just such a crazy, crazy thing to do. Um, come back with a Christmas EP. But from the sounds of it, we can expect some more music from Travis, and I'm very, very excited about that. And I want to thank him so much for doing this. And I want to give a shout-out to Stephen Brodsky of Cave In for hooking it up next week. Let's keep it in Boston. Let's bring you... An episode with another one of my favorite bands, Stephen from Cave In, will be on the show. I am so damn excited. Well, we gotta play it, right? We gotta play the song. Here it is. The classic American Heart on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next week. Making ten bucks a pop And he says to me Hey! 